Michelle, how are you today? Hey, Myla. <laughs> What's up in space? Uh, well, not Jeff Bezos, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that little baby. <laughs> oh, you know, and it's it's true. He's he's had a rough month, though, you know, because not only was he demoted from being an astronaut, he lost his bid to go to the moon. He lost it to Elon Musk, and he's no longer the richest man on Earth. <gasps> what happened? Uh, somebody else is richer than him now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is what happens with that. Wow. Damn, it has been a rough time for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and I mean, I, man. I think what's really funny, and it's when you call him like a, like a, 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 a space baby or space child, I think what's really funny about it is because like he was given like astronaut wings, you know, like how you give a small child who's like flying for the first time and the pilot comes out and they're like, here are your wings. You're a pilot now, too. Right. Uh, and so he got those. And then immediately the same day, the FAA, the Federal Aviation, whatever, was like, you're not an astronaut. It was like the exact same uh, day they changed the definition. They're like, no, you have to have so many miles and this and that and the other. So, uh, yeah. Which is like a... Taking the wings away from that little <laughs> baby like that. It's terrible. I mean, I, I ultimately side with the FAA on this one because it's like... You know, you can't just be like, oh, I've always wanted to be a neuroscientist, pay a billion dollars and cut somebody's head open. That's like not actually being a neuroscientist. That's being a sociopath. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, because, yeah, you're right. A sociopath because people have done that, but they don't get like to be they don't get like a honorary neuroscientist degree out of it. Well, maybe that's what they were going for. And they just like couldn't get it out. <laughs> couldn't get the word out on that. They're like, I do it, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The darkness. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's interesting, though, I mean, like, because not having him be an astronaut really is now saying that there is such a thing as a space tourist, which is legally not defined. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about, like, space tourism and hotels and stuff. But um, oh. I think the bigger story is that he lost the lunar landing contract to Elon Musk. Um, yeah, how does that work? So now Elon Musk is going to the moon? He is subcontracted by NASA to do, like, the landing service for their next lunar landing. And the thing is, is that uh, Elon actually won that contract months ago, but then Jeff, like, sued the government and said that they were being unfair, and then the government was like, no, you know, it, it, we're not being exclusive, he just had a better contract. And to be fair, it was something like $2 billion less money than uh, Bezos's. so. Oh my, okay, so Elon Musk undersold, underbid Bezos, and the government took Bezos' wings as like a retaliatory action. <laughs> But no, I mean, you could think about it. It's like, you lose your contract and your wings. Ha! Ha! Take that. Tell us what to do one more time. Um, so now he's suing again. 
I don't know what the basis of the lawsuit is, but he's just so mad that he lost his contract that he filed a complaint once, the government said no once, and now he's suing the government. I mean, there's, and like the thing is, is that that means that Elon is now in line to get all further contracts to the moon and beyond. So, which isn't better no. for me. I mean, it's funny for a second when bad things happen to Jeff Bezos, <laughs> but then when you're like, but good things are happening to Elon Musk, I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> back to the beginning. And it's really funny because the name of his of the ship that he's taking is Starship. Well, at least it's pronounceable, unlike his like offspring's <laughs> name. But, you know, maybe that's a different podcast. It, I, I do believe that there is some sort of child cruelty. When, <laughs> like you can't name your child that. Um, yeah, they're going to be forever known as what's your name? <laughs> oh, that kid. Oh, that kid must. He's not going to get beaten up at all. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So Elon Musk, Starship, you said? Yes, Starship. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. but <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a band. <laughs> it was it's true. <laughs> uh, so the the other problem with him being like at the forefront of this space industrial complex which you know just to quickly revisit why i have a problem with industrial complexes in general is just mm -hmm. like the confluence of special interests that prioritize profit over the well-being of communities and societies just tend to not be good for people, most people. Um, Corporate special interest. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's and especially to have just like one or two people who are pulling the strings there is really problematic. Um, so, yeah. I mean, and it, it's getting yeah. bigger. Like, as I was doing the research, like, I found some website that was talking about, like, the eight top different companies to invest in for space business or whatever. And um, they were saying that's, like, going to be a $450 billion industry in 10 years. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't even fathom what that means. And there is just some group that got, what did they get? It was a space startup that raised over fifty million dollars in six months, and it okay. and they just started last year. Oh, oh, okay. So there's all these startup car corporations that are going to serve this space industry, mm -hmm. and they're doing that thing where it's like you are horribly overvalued. Like, I just can't imagine, like, going to somebody and be like, I've never really done anything. Can you give me $50 million? And people are like, oh, you're friends with Elon Musk? Cool. I'm going to give you that money. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what's happening, I guess. I mean, like, Elon Musk isn't specifically suited to, like, make space stuff, is he? Um, He is technology-wise. But in terms of everything else that he does, it's a little bit creepy um which you know we'll get into later about his whole mars dreams um when we start talking about the workers rights oh, um okay. but i mean he's suited in terms of like being able to make money make great tech 
but I think that's pretty much all that he should do because like apparently after he found out that he had won the space the spacex um contract the way he weighed in on it instead of making a public statement was he just sent out a single tweet which was a flexing arm emoji (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, Uh (laughs) like i just yeah yeah that's it i'm just like i don't know if i trust your maturity level to be able to be a pioneer (laughs) in well i mean at least it wasn't just an eggplant you know so maybe he is growing up maybe maybe just a little bit (laughs) maybe so so not only do we have like these like crazy contracts oh because the 50 million dollar people they Mm -hmm. are trying to build a space factory by like 2027 or something what does that mean i don't fuck space (laughs) like they manufacture shit in space what (laughs) Apparently, there's certain things that are better when you manufacture them with no gravity. What in the world could that be? Is it something I need or something they need? I think it's something they need and also something that they might be manufacturing for people who are going to be on the moon. Right? So it's like they're not going to bring it back to Earth, but they're going to send it and it's just like cheaper to transport from outer space to outer space. When it doesn't have gravity involved. <laughs> Shipping so much cheaper when it's not sucked down to the earth. Yeah, you didn't know that that's actually what you were paying for in your shipping fees. I did not know the gravity fee. Oh. <laughs> so like evolutionarily speaking, will we lose our relationship to gravity? Maybe 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 this is another episode, but <laughs> Well, it it is another episode and it it, it also speaks to like that show that I love so much, The Expanse, where like the people who have been on the asteroid belt for multiple generations actually can't come back to Earth because their bodies oh. can't handle gravity. But that's science fiction that yeah. could very easily become science fact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. At least I wasn't too far out on that. No. All right. I don't know. Um, so... I, It's just interesting to me, like, also what it does to the body. Like, I think in the space hotel that they're trying to build by 2027, uh, I know there's going to be a space spa. So so I'm trying to think of, like, what, like, the sort of, like, anti-wrinkle ad for that would be. Like, oh, defy gravity by defying gravity. Like, come to our space spa. Like, Oh, my goodness. Space spa. Wow. All right. So they're going to make things at the space factory in anti-gravity. Okay. Uh All right. And then they're going to ship it to either the moon or to the space hotel. Yeah. I don't know why they're saying 2027. Like, that feels like tomorrow to me. Yeah. That's not very long. I mean, that's not, that's six years from now. That's not a long time. Yeah, and they're saying that it's going to have capacity for like 280 guests and 114 crew. Whoa. And I guess that's where the space spot. I mean, I'm just guessing that like the space factory workers don't hang out at the space spa. No. I, mean, I could be wrong. I mean, but that's. I, I pretty much feel like it's going to follow the same rules as here 
with yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. So far, so much like what's happening here that's working out so well. Right. I mean, there is also with this space tourism issue is like, you know, the world is kind of on fire right now. Yes. So like why are you literally, so why are you planning on having a tourism industry that emits a hundred times more CO2 than just a regular airplane? At least. My God. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, and I mean, the thing is, mm. there have been other space tourists before, which is also why it's weird that this Bezos-Branson thing even happened, because apparently there's this thing called space adventures that you can book a flight on, mm-hmm. and millionaires have been doing it for 20 years. Oh, where's that hail from? Where's that happen? Uh, the internet, uh, no, just, <laughs> I know that you, you have to go to Russia. Okay. Oh, all right. No, that's interesting. You have to go to Russia, of course, like in America, you know, I haven't heard about it because they don't like to tell us things that the Russians are doing that are fun, like space tutoring. <laughs> well, yeah. actually it's, it, it's a global company. And so like the next guy mm-hmm. is like a Japanese millionaire okay. um, and they go to the International Space Station, which it just seems like what is the International Space Station? I thought it was like a cool space lab, but now like apparently like you can just pay to go there. And then sometimes people take ashes and all kinds of weird shit like <laughs> become I'm like, is it just like a way station? Oh, yeah, that's the space DNA stuff. For a different oh, episode. so like there's a possibility <laughs> like one day if like something I'm like oh my god what the fuck is on my head like it could be like somebody's grandmother's ashes like falling out of space yeah is that what <laughs> okay <laughs> like, that's weird wasn't that ash cloud weird it's like your grandma <laughs> fuck I mean I bet yeah it's and that's a whole other like weird form of cryogenics so it it also, how much are you polluting? I know that there's someone, there's one lawmaker who's like, you're going to have to pay taxes on this. Um, uh-huh. Whether or not that passes, we shall see. Um, so You're going to have to pay anyway. taxes on what specifically? On the on the emissions. You're going to have to okay. pay an emissions oh, tax. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, oh, they're going to be mad. Those millions. I don't think it's going to work. Gonna be mad. They don't. What do they pay taxes on now? I don't. Do they? I, mean, <laughs> I don't think they do. I really yeah. don't. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go for that at all. Mm-mm. <laughs> um. So yeah, there, there's that, and like also just the how expensive it is. Like Virgin Galactic, they're gonna send people to space for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and the space hotel people are like, no, no, it's gonna be just like a cruise ship, because nothing goes wrong on cruise ships, right? Like I think right. that's the worst thing I would want to do is go to a cruise ship <laughs> in outer space. Like it's like people already have to drink their own pee. Uh-huh. <laughs> just on a carnival cruise yeah it's gonna be like a cruise ship so they're gonna like call me on the phone with those recordings and be it'll, you know where they blow the cruise ship you could win a trip to like or whatever it's gonna be like that <laughs> i i, I kind of hope so because i've yeah, been waiting for anything good to be in my answering machine for about 10 years and like <laughs> 
Oh, like the yeah. number of times I've been offered car insurance for a car I don't have. Oh my is... gosh. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So it's going to be like a cruise ship. So you'd be able to get packages. Okay. All right. No, I, my imagination gets carried away with me here. So, um, well, clearly it gets, everyone gets carried away. That's why we have absurd shit. You know, and, and I think so. So with the cruise ship analysis, I think that that's like a good segue about workers rights in space, mm-hmm. um, because I I spoke briefly with a friend who's a labor rights organizer about like exactly what a person can do if you have a grievance in space. Okay. And he actually said that he sees it as being more of analogous to cruise ships um, in the first way. A cruise ship can say that it leaves port from anywhere. Not not leaves port, but it can say that it's based anywhere. So even if you leave from California and you go to Mexico, you can still say that your company is based in like Bangladesh or something. Mm. And your company is only liable to the extent of the labor laws in where you say your company is based. Yeah, I know. I don't understand how they get away with it. Wow. So, yeah. So he's saying that that can be something that might be something that happens with people who are going into space as workers. Um, so if the hotel, if the space hotel workers are unionized, they can use the regular traditional union mechanisms, provided that the company is based in a country with strong union and labor laws, mm-hmm. right? But if they don't have a union, they can just use other labor laws that that country may have. So in the United States, for example, you have the Equal Employment Opportunities, EEO Act, which is like a good way for, for people to win certain like lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the OSHA, which is I don't Mm. remember what that stands for, but it's the health and safety aspect and workers' rights. So I think, you know, that one is particularly, I think, relevant. Actually, I think Mm. they're both relevant when it comes to space employment. But in terms of health hazards, like, you have to make sure that your spaceship is safe. I just kind of feel like, you know, people need to be able to have proper access to oxygen. Call me crazy. Um, like the question is like how, like how would the right to free expression work practically for a mistreated worker aboard a private space station where a company supplies air and life support? Right. Okay. Yeah. Like staging a walkout. This is, this is a quote. Staging a walkout is tricky when the only place to go is the pitiless void on the other side of the airlock. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wow. It is a lot to hold over your head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine? It's like every time you get fired, anytime someone gets fired, they get shoved out of the space lock. Oh, so. oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, this stuff is all plausible, too. I mean, it sounds, I mean, just with knowing how labor has gone in the course of history, like, mm-hmm. you know. This, it's not even, re- I mean, it's unprecedented to the, to the point that it's space, 
But I mean, like, mm-hmm. I mean, didn't like fired workers get pushed into like volcanoes and lions dens and stuff like that? Like back in the day, <laughs> I mean, like that's terrifying. Yeah, I, I mean, know. but. But I mean, like, can you imagine, like, if you were getting fired for something like, uh, I'm sorry, Gary, but you've been putting fish in the communal refrigerator. Uh, we've given you several warnings. It's time to go. <laughs> you know, and if you're stuck in space, like, and like, okay, if you're going to Mars, that's a two-year journey. Who knows how bonkers you're going to get, right? Ooh. I can barely go camping overnight with people. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right. Ooh, yeah. Wow. And I'm thinking too, like, so, like, your workers' rights come from where you're based out of. What if you're like, well, we're based out of Uranus and there are no workers' rights there. So, shh, don't give them any ideas. Yeah, no doubt. Come on now. Alon's thought of this. He's like, I've got it. I'm a very good businessman. Well, I mean, he did say some crazy business where he's made the the claim that Mars is a free planet and that no Earth-based government has authority or sovereignty over Martian activities. So, I mean, which which means, like, I get to do what I want. Right. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna be like the first human Martian space tyrant because I don't know maybe there were other tyrants on Mars before it turned into what it is. Oh I don't my know. God. I just saw the head <laughs> from Zardoz. I don't know if you like. <laughs> I'm like oh my God, there have been other space tyrants. <laughs> There's the stone head. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So work. So whoa, you just out nerded me. I don't know what Zardoz is. <laughs> it's this old Sean Connery. Actually, it's really good. It's this really old Sean Connery film I from the seventies, I think. And there's this head that this stone head that floats through the sky, and it comes down to the people, and it coughs all these guns out, and it says the gun is good. <laughs> Anyway, highly recommended film. It I, holds I know up, what I'm watching tonight. It holds up to this day for anyone listening. Zardoz with Sean Connery. The storyline, you'll be like, oh, wow, it's as relevant as it was when it was made. So, um, Awesome. That's I, I was looking for something to watch oh, yeah. while I sleep. Oh, you'll love it. <laughs> highly recommended. Zardoz. It's spelled just like it sounds. <laughs> What, there's no hidden T? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, give us some more examples of, like, something that would be employment rights, like equal opportunity, like, what else? Well, the reason why I'm picking on EEO and OSHA Mm -hmm. is because those are the ones that tend to win lawsuits, like, there are other employment rights, but, like, even though they're there, they're just harder to enforce. So, despite it just being my regular old ignorance, it is actually just, you know, that these are the ones that you are most likely to get um, compensation from. I see. Okay. And that, and you know, in the safety one, I think that people don't. sometimes if you feel it's like working like office jobs and things like that you don't necessarily think 
about how important those safety factors are, but they're important in offices too, because like the employers, unless they're like forced to ventilate you, like they won't, like they won't put a window in your office, like, you know, or give you yeah. climate control. That's all part of safety features. Um, so just to kind of like point that out, like every single job that there is, like having a, having OSHA protecting our right to be, to have certain levels of safety at work is important in mm -hmm. every single industry and it protects every single person who works in any kind of, any kind of job. So does OSHA also, does it cover like things like fire escapes and things like that? I believe OSHA covers that. Yes, I believe that that's part mm. of it. I would have to I would have to look that up, but I do believe it is OSHA. I mean, even like I think OSHA even oversees like um, like your health health and safety with um, with things that go on in kitchens and commercial kitchens and so on and so forth. Like I think mm -hmm, that that's mm -hmm. actually umbrellaed under OSHA, but it would definitely be like if you're hurt if you're hurt on your job because of a safety feature that was not put in place by your employer that should have been there it's going to be those osha laws like you said that gets you the compensation for it but mm -hmm. companies make sure that you have them just because they don't want to go to court mm -hmm. that's really like the point it's not because it's not because you've enlightened them to the fact that you need to like to be able to breathe at work like, it's not, they're like, oh, you got to breathe. They're not like, oh, gosh, I really want to do that for you. They're like, oh, you can sue me if there's not enough, like, ventilation. So, um, yeah, and, I mean, you talk to anybody who's worked in any type of factory, like, they, the, the people who, the companies that run those factories will do, they, they run right up to the line on what the safety mm -hmm. laws are. Like, if they can get away with putting you with setting up a fan instead of a window to like get rid of like glue like like if you're gluing in windshields or something say at the chrysler factory and you're supposed to have a window but a uh, fan will suffice they'll give you a damn fan i doesn't so that's that's really it, i mean it's bad enough that that's happening here but it's like what are you like when it comes to the space manufacturing, like what is that even going to look like? I mean, right. it is probably going to be mostly robots, but um, mm, but still, mm. somebody has to work with those robots. Like mm -hmm. they, you can't you can't ever have a fully automated system. Um, and like when you look at these CEOs, they are so young. And I'm not I'm not trying to be like ageist, um, but I'm just saying that. Okay, it's not just their youth. It's their status and their life experience that I'm pretty sure that they know nothing about what it is to work in a factory and they probably do not care. And I'm basing that off of just superficially looking at their photographs. <laughs> so thinking about these overvalued startups led by individuals that don't have maybe a lot of experience. It made me think about Theranos. Um, and you were telling me earlier that there's a new documentary coming out about that company's downfall and that founder's downfall. So, yeah, so the Ther that new Theranos film is coming out from HBO, and I just, I really hadn't heard about, I really didn't pay attention to this when this was, like, happening just a few years back, but just mm -hmm. recently I was like, what? But this woman, 19-year-old woman, 
dropped out of Stanford after one year of bioengineering, and she convinced all of these all of these people, um, like Henry Kissinger winds up on her board, uh, George mm-hmm. um, Schultz, who is a former Secretary of State, winds up on her board. Like all of these people wind up on her board, these powerful people, because she says she can take one drop of your blood and run an entire like blood workup on you. She mm-hmm. sold the idea to Walgreens. They put her her fake machines in their in their stores for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. She set up a fake lab and showed it to Joe Biden. Like this stuff is like. It's it's like and he walked through this lab and was just like, well, isn't this great, young lady? You're just so great. And um, any it, anyway, she ran this like it's hard to say that it's like really a scam because maybe she like really believed in the idea that if she came mm-hmm. up with this idea that then engineers would just make it happen, you know, right? Mm -hmm. So, because she didn't know anything about medicine or blood testing. She didn't have any of that. She didn't even have a bioengineering degree. She had one year of undergrad in bioengineering, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, came up with this idea and then it seems like maybe she just really thought that that's what mattered the idea and then the Mm -hmm. engineers you just you go to work and make that stuff happen you know but anyway she's being sued and like she's been sued already but they're coming out with a new um with a new documentary on it my only point being that like there's an idea that got tons of funding billions of dollars Mm -hmm. she was a billionaire for a decade she was a billionaire and it ended up being a faulty project. And like you can even yes. look at like a like WeWork is another example of having like a really big idea, um, really gregarious personality, but being absolute shit. Um, so are they just doing that again, but in outer space? Which right. I mean, what Theranos did is tremendously dangerous, right? Because you're yes. like I hear that like didn't the machines like fuck up and over prick people like i mean like people were injured <laughs> right yeah um, well i mean i think they're having a little trouble proving exactly if anybody specifically was injured but they were running patient samples on machines that they knew did not work mm. and could not work so like that did happen and she did lose her ass but her ass will be back. That's the whole thing about it. Like, she didn't go to jail, you know? Like, that didn't happen. She was a billionaire for a decade, and then she lost all of her money. Like, and that's it. That's all that we're, like, really talking about that happens. So she'll probably show up in this space thing and be like, hey, guys. Oh, because that's the other weird thing about her. She actually, like, lowered her voice in this really weird way. Like, uh-huh. you know, like, so she'd talk with this really deep voice. So she would be like, hey, Elon, <laughs> I've got some ideas for you. She'll be there. Yeah, I'll put a dollar on that. I'll bet a dollar on that. Oh. That's her name. Oh, it's an American dollar, though. So, okay. <laughs> oh, right. And uh, so speaking of Elon again, uh, it's really creepy that this guy is going to get a lot of government contracts because it's like, you know, then you go back to the whole issue of, well, is he going to be held accountable? Mm. And I mean, even how do you hold someone accountable when it takes two years to get there? Right. Okay. Right. Oh, but okay. it's not that bad. It's not that bad because I think most, I, I think a lot of, well, people are beginning to think about it. Like, uh, 
you know, not just the workers' rights, but even diversity in the space workplace. They're like, the University of Mississippi has a task force. I just found out about this organization, the Just Add Astra Project. And they started last year and they're trying to bring human rights into space law. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of new. So when you go to their website, they don't have like the get involved button. Oh. <laughs> like you can't you can't volunteer for them yet I but <laughs> but i'm glad because they're all really smart like they have all the bells and whistles of academics so I, i'm glad that foreseeing this whole like industry coming up and how mm -hmm. you have people who already have these ways of circumventing um laws and what would be in the best interest of workers and people in general here on earth who are going out into this whole unregulated industry, starting this whole unregulated industry, or at mm -hmm. least heretofore unregulated. Yeah, well, good. I'm very glad that people are, I mean, like, I don't know. Obviously, when you tell me these things, I'm like, what? It's obviously something I don't really <laughs> keep up with. So, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, like, who can? Because, like, when you wade through all the research, like, half the stuff on, about space is just, like, we found a quasar that circles two planets. And you're like, I don't... I don't know what that means. I don't right. know what that has to do with me. So it is like keeping up with space industry news and space news at the same time can be tremendously boring. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, is that part of my rising sign? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is my new superhero name, Quasar. I love uh, it. Yeah, I can, I can pull it off. <laughs> Definitely. You just need the right like shiny pants. You got it. Quasar. <laughs> So just going back to some space tourism real quick, uh, I forgot to mention the Space Adventures website where it's like, it's really hard to find out who the CEO is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very suspicious when you can't find out who a CEO mm -hmm. is. Um, but there, so you can book flights with them to go to the International Space Station. You can book flights to go to the moon. And their big thing is see the world as it was meant to be seen. By who? <laughs> what? I mean, like, as it was meant to be seen by God. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> that's like that's so funny because it sounds to me that sounds like something that like if you go to one of these content creation sites where they're where like companies can get like really cheap advertisement from these like writer mills it sounds like mm -hmm. that like somebody that they paid 50 cents to like on a content <laughs> mill you know um because like literally that's like a pay scale on a content mill you know it's like well it took you three minutes we pay you 50 cents for that you know so yeah. see the world as it was meant to be seen comfortable deluxe yep. like that's if i were <laughs> i would add that if i was working for that content mill <laughs> I know, and it's kind of sad when you're like, wait, you're already scrimping on the advertising. What else are you <laughs> not going to pay for? <laughs> well, it's all, so far, it's all really lackluster. Starship, see the world as it's meant to be seen. Like, it's all really mm -hmm. deeply unexciting. 
(laughs) (laughs) It's like a cruise ship. I mean, what? Like, (laughs) I think that they were saying that for the accessibility of it, that it's like it'll be just as expensive as as a cruise. And I don't think any space travel should be that inexpensive. Like that should you should pay because it's it is not a hospitable environment. Well, I mean, yeah, because cruises are really cheap, if they honestly mean that. Like, like, and they get cheaper all the time. That's the other thing. <laughs> this is funny. I used to work with a guy who, him and his wife would go on a cruise, like, every January. They would go get out of the cold and go on a cruise. And the reason that she liked to take him on a cruise is because all she wanted to do was read books, but he was a drunk. And so she had to, if they had any other, if they went on any other kind of vacation, she would have to watch him all the time. But on the boat, she could just read books and he could just walk around and be fucking drunk. And And almost fall into the ocean though. I I guess she's like, there are other people for that. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, and I guess she trusted him not to fall in the ocean, but didn't specifically trust him to not wander off in New York City or something. I don't know. But this was her whole thing. She's like, I don't have to pay any attention to him at all. He can't go anywhere. He's stuck on the boat. Uh... Mm Oh. Anyway, I'm just, I'm like, well, maybe they'll go to space next year. And she'd be like, you know, where's he going to go? Literally, he can't even fall in the water on the space ship. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of feel like that's even more hazardous to have just, like, random drunk people. He's like, like, what happens when I open this door? (laughs) It says emergency. I used to love to do this in high school. Watch this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how you get out of the school assembly i don't know you know and, and the thing it's actually funny you say that because part of the the whole thing about space tourists i.e space participants not being astronauts is that there's no global necessity to help them like so an astronaut is like an envoy of all mankind so if they need to be rescued mm-hmm. like Everyone has to get together to rescue them. But if some space tourist just like launches himself out of a hotel, we don't have to do shit and neither should we. Oh, right, right. <laughs> We're no longer oh. responsible for your safety. Whoa. So that's funny for a passenger. That's not as funny for a worker. Right. No, true. Because, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, wow. There's so many things to like contend with in this whole this whole thing. So wait, tell me again, what do they actually do at the International Space Station? What is that actually? Cuz I thought it, that uh, was like a really important like point into space also. Well, it's it's just like a giant space lab. They conduct a lot of experiments. Um and and some of them have have like terrestrial applications like there's stuff around like how to grow food in extreme places etc um yeah what the effects of space are on the human body um, oh that's interesting yeah to me. okay All yeah right. did you hear there is that one uh experiment with the twins like no. there are these two brothers they're twins and they were both astronauts okay. which like i would hate to be the slacker at that thanksgiving dinner <laughs> it's like we've got two astronauts and barry's got his third job being a barista you know (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't, you could, I don't know. You could have some fun with that. It's like, yeah, you both go to space. Guess who's drunk 23 hours a day? <laughs> 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 Make me better. <laughs> uh, right. right. Yeah, it's like, it's like you couldn't even be a cardiologist in that family and have it be good enough. That's why you have to go the other direction. You have to be passed out drunk under the Thanksgiving table with both your f fuck you fingers up. You got to take that all to Look, this is good life advice for people who are listening. <laughs> if your siblings are way more successful than you can ever be, go totally the opposite direction. <laughs> Win by losing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right, Quasar. Pop that. Yeah, I know. It, thank you. That's the Louisiana state motto. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> so they had these two twins. Oh, right. So what they did is they sent one into space and one stuck around on the ground, and then they measured what the difference was after the other one had been in space for like 181 days or something. Uh -huh. um, and I don't think they found out anything that you wouldn't already know. Like he lost bone density, his legs were kind of weak. But there was something about his cells that were interesting, which I, I think. You know, I, I'll research that more and we'll get back to it. But I also like kind of wonder how they made the decision. Was it like a group decision? It's like, which one of these guys don't mm. you want to see for 181 days? <laughs> <laughs> right. They made, they made mom decide. She's like, take Steve. He's always been a little arrogant. <laughs> So you can, you can ignore his phone calls. Oh, Steve, I can't hear you. Solar flare. <laughs> so they did find, like, they did find, like, differences in his bone density and his cells and the, and, yeah. and this. And they were twins. So they supposedly had this, like, similarity in all, in all of that. Yeah. So huh. studies like that, yeah, studies like that happen. Um, and that's why it's important. And then, like, also some of the technologies that are used, we also use here on Earth. Um, I mean, this isn't the ISS. This is just, like, space in general, like the semiconductors that we use in, like, everything. Mm -hmm. Those were developed for space. So it's just sort of a continuation of what technologies can be used, how they can be applied on Earth, whatnot. Okay. Whew. All right. Seven, yeah. Six years from now. <laughs> I just find that really hard to believe. It's not going to. I just feel like it's a ridiculous timeline. You yeah, know, right. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. But I mean, but still, even if it doesn't happen in six years, it, do, it, it might happen in 15. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So you aim for like six and yeah, okay, all right. I, I just, I don't know. I, it's so funny because it's like, I mean, I can remember going to the movie theater to see Space Camp. I took, mm -hmm. I was barely like old enough to babysit and I was babysitting and I took the kid I was babysitting to see Space Camp at the theaters. And like, you know, which was like this movie that came out in the 80s that was like all the, the kids went to astronaut camp and did all this stuff or whatever. 
Um, so I grew up in this environment, like E.T., like I saw that in the theater, you know, yeah. like I grew up in like this, you know, shit, Star Wars was the first film they ever took me to. I hated it. I was five years old. I kept crawling <laughs> under the seats and like my dad was so mad and I'm, I was just like, what? You took me to the most boring thing that ever happened in the history of the world. I'm five. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> what do you people want? You um, know that we're putting this out on the internet, Michelle. I, I don't know why you're talking shit about Star Wars right now. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, for any five-year-olds, like, that was somewhat unfair to expect me to sit in the ch chair through all of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. That's what I meant, internet. Don't come for me. Um <laughs> But my point being, like, I grew up in this very, like, we're going to space. Like, the world is, that's, you know, the, the final frontier. You know, all of that shit, right? And I still feel like space snuck up on me. Like, yeah. we're there. And I'm like, how, like, I've, I know that I've been, you know, immersed in this culture, like, my whole life. This go to space, like, culture. And it still feels like when you say six years, I'm like, what? How did that, how did that happen? It still seemed like it was so futuristic to me. Um, well, anyway. I think there, there are a couple of things that happened, at least from, like, the, the U.S. perspective. I mean, you know, Challenger really decimated sort of like people's mm. interest in the space program because it was so devastating. Oh, and, you know, was. and also remember even earlier when you said like, you know, no one tells us about the cool shit that they do in Russia. Well, they've been doing this cool space shit in Russia for the past over a decade. Mm. So that's why we haven't heard about it. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Challenger, you're right. Because I watched that seventh grade science class and it blew up right in front of us. It was it was yeah, all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, the thing is, I I don't remember being as traumatized because I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. I just right. remember the teacher's reaction and then turning off the television very yep. quickly. Yep. No, I, I remember t I, I remember like taking in a breath like what? And then looking around to see if it was OK. Same thing. And the teachers were like, OK, all right. Well, OK, well, it's it's I think it's lunch, right? OK, all right. Yeah, same yeah. thing. But it was like it was traumatizing, and the and that teacher was in there, and I felt really yeah. like attached to that because I was like, you know, we were in school, like we were attached to our teachers mm -hmm. or whatever. So that felt, yeah, no. So I get that the Challenger blowing up. We really were like, okay, you know what? Fuck space. Let's talk about <laughs> something else. <laughs> Everybody, look this way. Um, yeah. So that's that's space tourism. All right, Carnival Starship. Yeah. <laughs> no. Take your Princess Starship cruise. <laughs> oh, there's the phone call. There you <laughs> yeah, go. That's my cruise ship honk. It's my acapella <laughs> cruise ship honk. <laughs> <laughs> But I do need to give my shout out to non-whiteies in, in space. Um, and this month goes to someone, she didn't go to space, but she paved the way for um, other African-Americans and people of color to go to space. Her name is Ruth Bates Harris. Uh, she blew the whistle on NASA's discriminatory hiring practices in the early 1970s. 
She was hired as an equal opportunity officer in 1971. Two years later, she released a scathing report um, that just called the agency's minority hiring a program a near total failure. Ooh. And then they fired her. <sighs> Ooh, that gave me chills. Okay. Yeah, and, it, and in an internal memo, she was fired for being inadequately skilled at, and a seriously disruptive force, which I think everyone knows is just codified racism. Um, oh, yeah. So that sucks, but it gets better because it caused such an outcry that there was a congressional hearing and she got rehired within the year. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and the outcry came from a lot of people who worked at NASA as well. Right. So it wasn't just civil rights groups, even though they had a huge part to do with it. But it was like people in the workplace being like, I mean, come on, she's right, man. Yeah. <laughs> <Can> you... <laughs> well, I hope that felt um, uh, vindicating for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, her story inspired a lot of people. Um, I, I know that because because of the work she did, Nichelle Nichols, i.e. Uhuru, uh, she started helping recruit for the space program. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, good. I love that shout out. Go Ruth yeah. and her Ruru. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to me babble, Michelle. I loved and it. Anyone thank else? you, Maiba. <laughs> okay, cool. And uh, I'll talk to you next month. Yep. See you then. Bye.